we had an, an, an idea of what we wanted. We just had no idea what it looked like. We know we need to do this, but we didn't know what it looked like. By the way, we're teaching on imagination today. So what we, we did is we started using words. This is a spiritual lesson. We started using words to create an image. And then we took it to the professionals, and the professionals took the words and painted a picture and y'all know what your church is going to look like this spring when you pull up. That's what, in the spiritual realm, God's word will do in you. And that's how it creates that change that we've been talking about already this morning. Because as long as you see yourself the way you currently see yourself, there is no change. You can't go anywhere you, you can't imagine yourself going. That's why in the business world, what they have you do? They have you set goals. They have you meet quotas. You know what they're doing? They're forcing you to see and to set where you want to be. That's a God principle, and Zig Ziglar started that in the business world years and years ago from a spiritual standpoint, put it into the business world, and it has, it's gone wild. Today, I believe he wants to deal with us about the power of our imagination. You know, your imagination is the God-given ability to look forward. It's your God-given ability to look forward. You can, you can picture, William, you can picture what you want your family to be like. And if you have that picture in your mind, it will help guide your actions. Like you might go home and wash the dishes today. Britt, am I doing okay here? What, what else you need done? <laughs> um, you know, it will, it will guide our steps, our, our vision, our destiny, our, what we have, our imagination set on will help guide our steps because it'll, it'll keep us in line and keep us on course. We've been talking about charting our course. This is the third message I've done on it. We, we have to make sure that that imagination, because it is God-given, you're born with it. You ever watched a little child with their imagination. When they stick that Play-Doh up to your mouth and go, you know, like, take a bite. <laughs> you know, they're, they're imagining. God put that in you. You have an imagination, but we have to make sure that it's used for its intended purpose because it is so powerful. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. It can keep you where you are or it can propel you forward. And if what you're imagining goes against God's word, then you have to stop that imagination or you will follow that deception and you will eventually act on it. You know, Eve... We're not going to turn there, but Eve in Genesis 3, it says she saw the fruit and knew it was good for food. 
And then it said it was pleasant to her eyes. So she saw the fruit, and she just knew it was good. You know what she did? She imagined herself eating it and that it was good. Was it good? Not for her. Her imagination led her into deception. Why? Because it went against God's word. He said, do not eat it or you will surely die or in dying you shall surely die. She let her imagination take her. She didn't cast it down. She grew on it. She, she grew and developed that to where she saw before ever tasting it that that fruit was good for food, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Vic Porter has a great teaching on the power of imagination. Vic Porter, you can Google it. You can find it. I do have it on CD form if you are old enough to have a CD player. This is not a direct quote. This is Susan's summation of Vic. Imagination is the picture part of your soul. It's the picture part of your soul. And it's where you see yourself doing before you do it. You see yourself doing before you do it. Listen, wrong thoughts come to every single person in this building. And you need to know that. Your children need to know that. They're not bad because they have a bad thought and good because they have a good thought. You're not bad because you have a bad thought and you're not good because you have a good thought. Jesus went through the temptation which was through his thought processes. And he didn't sin. Thoughts are not sin. You are going to have good thoughts. You are going to have bad thoughts. But thoughts, look at them this way. Thoughts are just opportunities. Thoughts are just seeds that you can take or that you can reject. That's what they are. If you, if you, if you get a thought and you think, that's, that's godly, that's in the scripture. That lines up with the word of God. This is good. This is a good thing. You get to keep that thought and develop that thought into an imagination. Let's take one for instance. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You will never do it if you don't take that thought and see yourself doing it. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. Thank you. He just took the thought. I just kept waiting for somebody to amen me. Dylan, star pupil. You know what he just did? He just said, amen means so be it. He just said, she's flicking some seeds out here into this congregation, and I'm going to take that one. He took the thought. Now, he can take that thought, and he can develop it, 
and he, when he comes against a hard circumstance or situation, he can already see himself standing in the winner's circle because he is more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He took the thought. Do, are, we, are we getting it? I know this is meat and potatoes to a lot of you, but I need to be reminded. I need to be using this God-given tool that he put on the inside of me. Imaginations are when we put a picture to our thought. Imaginations when you put a picture to your thought. Now, this is so important, and I didn't even write these scriptures down. But if you want some, some good scripture on that thought, <coughs> look up the word meditate. Right? We can go to Joshua 1. If you'll meditate the word day and night. And when you look up what the word meditate means, and, and some Christians really shy away from the word meditate because they're like, ooh, we're, what are we doing, yoga classes? Uh, no, we're doing God classes. And the word meditate doesn't mean you, you sit some weird way and breathe some weird way. Okay? In the, in the scripture, it means that you, you imagine and mutter you take what God says in his word about you and you, you begin to, to speak it and you begin to picture it. You begin to imagine it. Who God says you are. And look, if you're going to get rid of all the other crud that defined you, you've got to have a different image. And maybe a good question this morning would be, who, who do you see when you look in the mirror? And if that needs to change, insecurities, you know, addictions, whatever that is that you look and that needs to change, maybe you just need more boldness in your Christian walk, whatever it is, then find something in the Word and begin to meditate on that, begin to mutter it, talk about it, even if you have to just talk about it to yourself, if you don't have a mate or a friend you can talk about it with, talk about it to yourself, talk that scripture over and over. It's, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of a good Arkansas word, mulling it over. I don't know what that means. I think somebody explained it to me last time. It didn't stick. But you know, when you mull something over, when you replay it and replay it in your mind, and you talk about it and you think about it and you picture it, you want to be successful? This is a great way to change who you were into, God, into who God says you are. You've got to do something with this up here. And meditating God's word, as Joshua said, day and night, <laughs> only thinking in line with God's word is a powerful way to put your imagination into high gear and to see some big changes in your life. When I said imaginations are, are when we attach a picture to your thought, this is especially powerful when you place yourself in the picture. And when you're imagining something and you place yourself, in the, when you see yourself doing it, this is very powerful on both ends of the spectrum, okay? This, this can be powerfully constructive or it can be powerfully destructive. When you start putting yourself in the picture, let me, 
I know I need dad's soapbox out here. It's in my office. He used to have a soapbox. He kept under the pew and it said soap on it and he would get on it occasionally when he got on something. And um, I know I've been on this lately, y'all. We've got, we've got generations coming. We've got to stand firm on this. We've got to be talking about it from the pulpit. We've got to be talking about it at the dinner table. And we've got to be doing something about it in your homes. This placing yourself in the picture of imagination. This is the danger of violent video games. Dads, you're playing them. Thank you. You've got to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart come the issues of your life. And you can't imagine yourself going in and killing human beings and think that that is a godly process. And what we've done is we've raised up a generation who's grown up killing other people and now they can walk into a school and they can blow away a hundred kids with a machine gun or a, a, an AR and it's not the AR's fault, sorry, soapbox. It, it, if we're going to limit weapons, let's limit some video games. Yeah. Virtual reality. The new thing. Put this thing on your, over your eyes and see only what this is feeding you. Now look, I've played... I don't know what that thing was we played, knocking down little towers. I mean, we, we've done some, some fun little stuff on it, you know. <laughs> I didn't get on the airplane. It is so real that it affects your emotions, your heart rate, your physical response. Don't think that they're going to end virtual reality games with just things that are fun. They are after your brain. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I can tell you that up front. I laugh at most of you who are. I, I just, you know, you can carry things too far. I try, to, I try to keep my head on straight there. But this virtual reality stuff, and John has looked into it because John is, thank God for John. Amen. That was kind of weak. Thank God for John. Amen. Thank you. I'm not going to settle for that half-hearted. He shoots str so straight with the men. In the areas of pornography and imagination and virtual reality, he keeps me kind of posted on what's going on in the world. Virtual reality is going there. I mean, I, I don't mean it's going there. It's there. It's available It's available. That will destroy your marriage. That will destroy your marriage. And so if your kids enjoy virtual reality on a clean, wholesome virtual reality, you need the warning out there now. This is the only thing we play. 
This is the only thing we look at on here. Anything that crosses the line of God's, "Mm -mm, we're not going there, don't you ever go there. Because once you have the image, and this is the danger of pornography, once you have an image, it takes the anointing of God's word to break it. It's the only thing that will demolish it. I remember back in the day, and this was back in the day when computers were like, I don't know, they were huge. And Annie, some of you remember Annie, uh, we were working on the computers and, and um, we were trying to find something. I, I remember even what we were searching and what came up wasn't that. And we're like, we're sitting here in the church office and we're like, ah! you tried to cover the screen, but look at the screen so we could manipulate the screen. And you know what? When I talk about it, I can still see that image. And it was probably, goodness, 30 years ago for a couple seconds. As long as it took for our brains to calculate what we were looking at. You need to know this. Your children need to know this. Just don't ever go there. And then you don't have to spend the rest of your life trying to handle this. That's not in my notes, but it's pretty good. For some of you, you got to quit watching TikTok recipes because you're going to go in the kitchen and you're going to cook it and you're going to eat it and you don't need to. <laughs> so, you know, we can talk about virtual reality and games and amen, amen, and then we can go to talking about overeating and we just kind of get the whole crowd involved. Let's look deeper at how imagination happens. Go with me. And we're going to take this totally out of context. I just want to forewarn you. I'm taking one segment of one scripture, okay? Matthew 6, 31. The first couple of words in Matthew 6, 31 are so incredibly powerful. And we've got to know this, that this is how our brains work or we can't win the battle of the mind. He's talking about provision. He's talking about knowing that we have a Father who provides for us. And in Matthew 6.31 he says, Therefore take no thought saying. And I I remember, Dad, I, I think I remember the first time I ever taught this and it just... It just slammed me. How do I take a thought? See, all these thoughts are going through y'all's heads right now. Very few of them have to do with what I'm teaching or, or, or what I'm saying right now. I caught you, didn't I? Yeah, so, you know, your brain works faster than I can talk. And so a thought comes through. And, and it can just go through, or it can stick. And we've got to know what goes on in us that makes something stick. And for one thing, if I start talking about the thought that I had, it is there. That seed has been accepted in soil if I start talking about the thought that came through my head. For instance, Lisa brought these amazing, yeah, I'm talking about you, these amazing peanut butter 
brownies, peanut butter chocolate truffle brownies. Can we add more words? What time is it? Oh, man. It's as bad as that sausage commercial going up there on a Sunday morning. I'm like, let's just dismiss and go to Old South. If, if I start talking about those brownies, in fact, I heard myself say, you need to post that recipe because my husband, my husband would love them. And the whole while I'm thinking, man, I could put those down with a glass of milk. You looked for it yesterday. <laughs> Some of y'all are going to go Google it right after church. But when I said that, <laughs> hey, the last time I talked about the cruise ship from, the, from James, they sent me a video and said, you talked about cruise ships on Sunday morning. We're in Mexico. It's like two days later. I have to be careful what I say up here. You can pay your tithe in truffle brownies. Um, but as soon as I said that, I had to catch myself because we are being particular about what we eat. And I had to catch myself. And I had to tell myself, no, you said that, but so help you. If she posts that recipe, you're not looking at it. You know why? Because if I carried it, I accepted the thought, words connected it to me. I claimed it. I claimed the peanut butter truffle brownies. I accepted it. Words came out. And then I started imagining it. Well, you know what would be next. If I don't stop it, you know what's going to be next. I'm making those. That's what would happen. I stopped it. Take no thought saying. When you have a bad thought, stop it at thought. Stop it before it becomes words. We know, we've studied this so many times, that when we say something, we're seeding it into our heart. When, when it says for us to guard our heart with all diligence, you've got to think about what's the gates to your heart. What you see, what you hear, what you say. That's, that's the, the inroads to your heart. So if I'm saying it, that's one way I can, I can shut that out. I can, I can stop that right there if I won't say it. In fact, it's very powerful if you have a wrong thought to stop right there and say, I'm not thinking that. Have you ever done that? I'm not thinking that. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to do that. Whatever. You, you catch yourself. You know why? Because that is powerful. God created you that way. And when you hear something from the pulpit that you need to grab a hold of, say amen. amen. <laughs> say, you know, say something. Even if it's just right there at your seat and you hear something and it clicks for you in your spirit and you know it's something that you need in your life, just say, I receive that. Or yes. Or nod your head. Something because that principle is a God principle and it is powerful and we need to learn how to operate in it. And if you think of your thought as a seed, you can, you can use your God-given imagination and look into the future and see what that seed will grow. How, how blessed is that? You don't have to wonder what that thought's going to do in your life. 
You can use your God-given imagination and you can know what that thought would do in your life and you can predetermine whether that's something you want to sow in your life or not. The trouble is we don't look that far ahead. There comes a point when you get to choose if you want to reject a seed and keep it out of the soul of your heart so it develops no further or whether you want to grow it. How do you reject a thought? We talked a little bit about it. How do you reject a thought? I like to use my words. But not only do I like to say I'm not going to think that, I like to immediately throw God's word on it. You know, I remember... I think mom says this a lot, and I know dad did too. You're, you're never blank in the head. I know. <laughs> Don't go there. Just cast down that thought. People may look blank. I may stand up here sometimes and look blank. I'm not. There is something going on in here. And so if I'm going to try to get rid of a thought, I'm going to reject it verbally. I'm going to reject it. And then I'm going to replace it with the truth. What I do want, what, I, what God has said about the situation or the circumstance. So you replace it with a truth. But if you choose to take the seed, good or bad, you choose to take the seed, you have given it your will. Now that's good on the good side, Keith. If you take it and you give it your will, that's good on the good side. But on the bad side, we've got to know if it's something that we really will for our lives. Because thoughts, y'all, they're not, they're not something to be played with. You cannot just entertain a thought. You can't just entertain a thought. And the world will take, you know, just, this is just entertainment. No! No, it's not just entertainment. It is sowing thoughts. And if you choose to entertain it, you're setting your will to it, and you will put a picture with it. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, that's where you'll be. That's where you'll be. That makes me want to take some thoughts captive, right? A taken thought begins to develop. Your words begin to water it. This is a good thing. It's the way God designed it to be. You just got to use it on the good side. A picture will begin to develop. Words paint pictures. So we start talking about something, it starts painting a picture in our heads. And then more vivid thoughts will come and they'll strengthen that imagination until it's a strong imagination or what the scripture calls a stronghold. Stronghold's an interesting word. It can mean a prison or it can mean a fortress. So your thoughts can take you to prison or they can take you to a place of strength. We're choosing to use our imagination, our thoughts, to build a fortress for us. Something that negativity cannot win through. Something that obstacles cannot keep us from. But it's building a fortress in us because we're using God's tool that he gave us for good instead of building a prison where we're caught in our own thoughts and our own actions and can't get out of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. We're not going to spend a lot of time here. I want to read it in a couple of different versions. 
Uh, we may spend more time here next week, depending on um, if the Spirit leads us in that direction. But I think it's so important. I, next week, I'd really, I hope I get to come back here because, not back here, I'm coming back here, back to this verse, because when you really break down these words, there's some really powerful truths in here. But it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You ever try to beat something by the flesh, like sheer willpower? How'd that work for us? And we failed. And when we failed, we got mad at ourselves and we failed more. That's not how we fight things. We use spiritual principles on physical things. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal or just mental, but mighty through God. Mighty through God. They're mighty. Our weapons, they're mighty. They're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. What? Yes. We have weapons that give us the ability to pull down strongholds that we have built in our lives. Casting down imaginations. That means that imagination that you have of that event or something that you had pictured in your mind that you have not been able to get rid of, through God, we can demolish that image. We can demolish it. And, and I, I realize that when we bring those things back up, we can remember them. And, and I, I use this example from, from my childhood. Uh, don't worry, Mom, it's not about you and Dad. Um, I was, with a, I was with a dear friend, and she's still a dear friend of mine to this day, and, and uh, we were staying at one of her relatives' houses, and, and we were upstairs. Um, we were actually, you know, fixing to go to sleep, and, and we hear a noise, and we thought, we thought it was my brother uh, <laughs> coming and, you know, hitting the windows with rocks or something. It wasn't. It was gunshot. And, you know, police surrounded the house. They're not wanting me to call my parents. There's people running around everywhere downstairs. And, and um, I was able, finally, I, I don't remember how, I was able to get a hold of my parents. And, and they came, but I had to walk through that house and I had to see a suicide. And when I talk about it, my heart starts racing and my physical body starts changing um, at the memory of it. But, you know, unless I choose to bring it up, God's word has totally healed my mind from that. And even still, I can talk about it without torture. So I know some of you, especially those who are in the military, have been in law enforcement, or maybe just some of you as children have seen some things that you think you cannot get out of your mind. I want you to know by the anointing of God and the power of his word, that thing can be encapsulated. Encapsulated, am I saying it right? It can be put in a bubble where it's only brought up if necessary. It can. You've been abused, whatever. Tough things. It can be, it can be put away. I want to give you that hope this morning. And I want you to take this scripture and I want you to devour it and believe it. And start using your 
your voice to strengthen that. Build a fortress where there was a stronghold. That thought, that image cannot get through the fortress that God has available for you. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every hmm, every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's full-time job, boys and girls. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying on warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Insomuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. Isn't that good? Man, I... There is this divine power to destroy, to demolish wrong images, strongholds, and thoughts. And it's powerful. I want to close today with Isaiah 55. No matter what thoughts we've had, we have another thought offered by God. And and we choose to take it and to grow it and to imagine it. And y'all know I love this passage If you've been here very long, Isaiah 55, I'm going to start in verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is where it really gets good. As the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, it provides what they need. So shall my word be, God said, Just like the rain comes from heaven. Just like the snow comes from heaven. And it waters the earth and it makes it produce. So my thoughts and my ways are coming to you. And they'll produce. They'll produce his, right? So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. 
For you will go out with joy, and you're going to be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills are going to break forth before you with singing, and the trees of the field are going to clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead, 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 instead of what your life should have been according to what was sown in you or that you received, instead of that, Instead of the thorns, is going to come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar, is going to come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. It's a glory to God. You see how the perception of life changed when the word was received? Oh, suddenly the hills are... I really wanted to go into the sound of music right there. (laughs) But I'm going to spare you. But that is where my thoughts went. The hills are alive with the sound of music. And the trees, they're clapping their hands. Look, if that is not how life looks to us right now, we need to look up to a higher thought and a higher way. And accept it and receive it and let it change our perception. And y'all, there's days that that's tough to do. There's days it's tough to do. But I'm telling you, it's available. And y'all may, y'all have my permission to remind me of this. (laughs) Gently. (laughs) Because there's, there's just tough days. But God's word can build a fortress. I want us to get that through our brains today. The world will try to build strongholds. But God's word is here to build a fortress. I want to be that mentally strong. But I want it to be something that's not out of my flesh. Because that weapon didn't work too well for me. The strength of my flesh. But his word builds something in you. That makes you an overcomer. Amen. Y'all got enough to do? We want to even go to Philippians and talk about the filter for our thoughts. Whatsoever things are true, lovely, of good report, that's our filter our thoughts get to go through. Not just one of those things, but it needs to go through all of those things. And if it makes it through all of those things, then we get to keep that thought and grow it. If not, you got to go. Got enough to do this week? All right, let's work on it. Y'all can stand. Thank y'all for being here today. Thank you for being excited about the future. Uh, I'm not saying this place is special because I'm standing here. I'm here because this place is special. And this place saved my life. And I, I would not, I don't even know what my existence would be like without the word, the positive word the gospel, the good news. And I'm, th- I'm thankful that you're here with me. We're going to keep growing together. We're going to bring up generation after generation. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. Father, those that are dealing with strongholds, those of us who deal with strongholds, Father, we just submit our wills to you this morning. We have heard your word. We want to be a doer of it. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher of the church. Just take the word that we've read today and expound on it to us. When we start to verbalize things that are fortifying the stronghold, 
Help us to, to recognize it and to turn it around to where we're building a fortress instead of a prison. That we will use your word and we'll use our imagination. Father, we are made in your image. We're after your likeness. Your imagination is so powerful that it brought the worlds into existence. Light still is because you imagined it and spoke it. So, Father, we can look around us and we can see the power of it. Just help us remember how to use it in the right light. Father, we repent for submitting our minds to wrong things. We repent for submitting our ears to wrong things, choosing out of our will to hear or to see. We're turning that ship around and we're, we're going to use this, Father, in a way that, that will bring you glory. And Father, our lives can be healed and they can be good. No matter the circumstances around us, we can be solid because of your word. We thank you for that. We give you praise for that. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.